Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Humpty Calderon. And today I'm talking to Tracheopteryx, core contributor at Yearn and Coordinate. We go over the early days at Yearn, its initial incentive model for contributors, and their philosophy for rewarding people to thank them for doing cool shit, and how that evolved into Coordinate. As he says, we are not trying to program people to do our bidding. We are trying to be an open and welcoming space for creative and like-minded people to invent this feature with us. And we can add money as a financial support for people's inherent creative motivation in doing the work they are called to do. So without further ado, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your role at Yearn and uh, your role at Coordinate before we jump into Coordinate itself? Yeah, so I got pulled into the black hole of Yearn uh, at, you know, DeFi summer uh, in late July when Wi-Fi was, you know, exploding onto the scene and um, just kind of, yeah, fell into the vortex and just started working on it all the time. And um, so I became one of the early core contributors. And, um, I, you know, I have a uh, nine-month-old. I'm taking my, my son that I need to take care of. Some apologies if you hear some baby crying here in the background. That's fine. But he'll be joining, he'll be joining us now. Yeah, so I started working at Weirin. I've been a core contributor uh, there for the last year and have helped uh, you know, build out our governance system. You know, Yearn started in pure chaos, you know, in the most decentralized you can. <laughs> And so we had to create everything from scratch and, you know, we chose not to uh, build it in the way of things that had come before, you know, in a traditional hierarchical corporate model, but to try something new and to really go after the ethos of decentralization in all of its different ways. That's led to a lot of fascinating innovations like Governance 2.0, which Gabriel Shapiro and I did, which we also call constrained delegation, which is the way that Yearns governance operates and also coordinate. And Coordinate is, uh, you know, came out of our desire to do grants in a more effective and decentralized way. Yeah, that's great. I mean, obviously, I think Yearn is recognized as having started the ball rolling early on in terms of the governance of of these uh, protocols. Uh, so that's incredible to see that your role has, you know, you've been you've been at that organization, if you will, since the beginning, and and just kind of helping that evolve and grow and. Um, so I recently learned that Coordinate was kind of spawned because of that, because of that need, right? You were talking about this hierarchical yeah. organization trying to do something different. Uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, what inspired the development of Coordinate in terms of how it helped yearn, but also in terms of how it could help governance as a whole. Yeah, so early on at yearn, you know, because we didn't have a, a defined leadership or executive structure. We didn't have ways to make decisions. 
And so we had to figure out a way to make decisions. We had to grow a decision-making facility. And we did that first with YIP41, which was, uh, our, we empowered the urine multi-sig to make some key decisions, um, like how to spend money, how to hire people, stuff like that. And as soon as that happened, we figured, we're like, okay, well now we have to pay people. So, you know, how should we do that? And, um, you know, we set up some recurring grants for some of the people that had been around since the beginning, like working, you know, 80 hours a week for no money. And then for a lot of other people that were in the community that had just been like contributing in different ways, we just gave them gifts. And we did this, it wasn't like a grant program where you apply for a grant or you have to prove it. It was just, it was, it was very different. And, you know, people were just doing cool shit. And so we just gave them money as a gift. And there was no quid pro quo, no requirements for this other than to, you know, just to thank them. Um, and that was great. And I think it was, a, I'm really proud of that program. And a lot of people don't do it like that. But, you know, we found pretty quickly the, the limitations of that, which is that, you know, a small group of people, you know, kind of at the center of a network, trying to decide of all the hundreds of contributors in the broader network who should get money is a uh, inefficient process. It's not a great mind for making that type of collaborative and decentralized decision. And so we had to invent something better. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful, and 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 I love the the idea or the fact that you know people were just open and willing to participate in growing something that was new, something that was interesting, something that they were most likely using, um, which I think is kind of the value of you know what DeFi and these these open protocols have enabled, which I again I think is one of the reasons why there was a huge explosion over the last year in terms of DeFi. Right. Because there was this uh, yes. cooperation, this collaboration, not just within organizations, but, you know, outside of these organizations too, like stacking and, and, and the, what became the money Legos. Right. The composability of these different protocols. So it's yeah. really wonderful to hear that there were systems or there was a structure in place to support people in developing the protocol. But the team also realized, look, this is probably not the most efficient way for us to be spending our time, probably also not the most fair way for us to do this. And so coordinate with Spot. Well, I think it's really interesting to, to zoom out, you know, and whenever you're working on something new like this, zoom out and think, you know, what am I really trying to do? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of community grants? Is it to, you know, some like, I want you to make X, Y, and Z. It's an if then type of compensation stream. And then you do something that I, I give you money for it. Is it to try and is it like a marketing expense? Are you trying to just throw some money around and, and get people involved in your protocol? Like, what are you really trying to do with this money in this process? And what we're really trying to do at Yearn and what a lot of protocols are trying to do is, you know, add money as a financial support for people's inherent creative motivation in doing this work that we're all called to doing, right? And if you look at studies of human incentivization that go back to the 50s, um, you know, the model of carrot and stick, the model of if-then compensation uh, is, you know, kind of widely out of date and, and, and ineffective. Mm -hmm. You know, these types of compensation models work for a limited set of heuristic tasks, which are can be done, sorry, algorithmic tasks, like, you know, that can be done in a stepwise sequence without a lot of lateral thinking. But if you want to incentivize, it actually carrot and stick compensation works contrary uh, to people's natural um, 
motivation for open-ended tasks. And there are great studies of problem solving where, you know, when you give people financial rewards, it actually takes them longer to solve some types of problems because the, you know, that stimulus, the reward stimulus narrows your focus. But in DeFi, and in, we're trying to expand our focus, right? And I think you can see this a lot. As soon as you start throwing money into some communities, the spirit goes away because money compresses the world around us. Right. We're trying to do something different. Well, it becomes a, it becomes incentivized not for the act of doing something or the act of making a difference, but you're being incentivized financially. And that really becomes the narrative. Um, so it's really, I guess, important to find mechanisms, um, you yeah. know, so that you compensate people, reward. I like the word reward a little better, better than compensate yeah. for my own personal reasons. Uh, but, you know, rewarding people, I think, in a way that, you know, acknowledges their contributions without attaching, like you said, that carrot to the stick saying, and the next time you want to do something, here's more money, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We're not trying to program people to do our bidding, right? right. We are trying to be an open and welcoming space for creatives and like-minded people to invent this future with us. Right. So I think that's a great segue and we'll look at how, and I'm, I'm curious to learn how Coordinate then is facilitating this new narrative, right? Where it isn't necessarily compensation driven, but we're still creating a more efficient and rewarding uh, solution for everyone involved, both the people that are distributing these yeah. funds, the teams, the projects that want to see this grow, and also the people who are participating and doing the work. Yeah, I mean, money is important, right? We all need money. And um, and especially when you're in this environment of just massive wealth creation, like, you know, you have to start, you have to think, like, is this where I want to spend my time? You know, how am I, like, is this going to fit my life roadmap? I need to make money too. And so it's important to figure out a way to, for the protocols, to give money to the contributors. And, and that's where Coordinate comes in. Yeah, and so Coordinate, works in an interesting way. And so here at the Bankless DAO, uh, we use Coordinate. Uh, and it's a wonderful tool. In fact, the first time I heard about it was through here, through the through the second epoch that um, just, just finished last month. And so maybe you can describe a little bit of, you know, kind of how it works, the mechanisms, um, you yeah. know, of, of, of it, if, without maybe touching too much of like the economics of give, uh, so that we can explore that later. Yeah, sure. So, um, it's kind of inspired by, you know, I talked about the, the need at Yearn, but then also one of the co-founders, Zach Anderson, he, at his previous company, Converge, used to use this method called Thunderdome to, to share money where they were very, you know, close-knit, trusted group of partners and they would do projects together and they would get paid. They wouldn't decide ahead of time how to split the money. After the job was done, they'd like put all the money on the table and they'd share it and, they, and they'd sit around the table and they'd divide it. And that wasn't a, you know, I should get this, you know, because I'm better than you. It went a lot more like, look, you did a lot of money. You should have this. I mean, you did a lot of work. You should have this. It was more of a giving. It was more of a gift economy. And, you know, I had this experience with the, maybe some of you can relate. I had an electrician and he was a real sweetheart and he would come over and he would fix something. And it'd be like, you know, a couple hours worth of work. And he'd be like, you know, just give me, just give me 50 bucks. You know, I was in town anyways. And I'd be like, dude, like, take a hundred at least, you know, and we would argue that way. Or like when you're splitting a check with your family or something. Um, mm. These are always just such better energies to be working in. They're so much more inspiring. Um, and if you look at money, um, 
you know, there you probably heard about gift economies where in, you know, uh, villages or in tribes, you know, there wouldn't be a fungible financial currency. Instead, uh, you know, the house builder would come and, and build your house and afterwards you would give them a ceremonial bracelet, you know, and then maybe you're the herbalist and the house builder's kid is sick and um, you, you help them and, and they give you some other token of appreciation. The fundamental difference between that type of um, financial network and a fungible economy is the difference between open and closed transactions. Mm -hmm. So with with money, like you come and fix my my light, I give you $108, right? That is the end of that transaction. That is the end of that relationship right. because it's a complete and, complo and fully uh, coherent, fully encapsulated transition. There's no more bond between us created. Mm -hmm. But in the gift economy, when the house builder comes and builds your house, that creates a bond. It's an open-ended transaction. You owe something to this person, but not in a guilty way, in a pay-it-forward kind of way. You know, and these bracelets or, or, or things that they would be given are symbols of appreciation for that spirit that's alive in that tribe. Mm -hmm. And we sought to bring this type of energy into the way... I mean, actually, that energy was already there. Like at Yearn... Like it started from a gift. Andre gave billions of dollars worth of wifey to everyone in the community. You know, he said, look, I made this cool thing. I don't want to run it. I want your help. So I'm going to give away this. I'm going to give away total control over it. We didn't keep any. And that people talk a lot about why urine is so amazing. And Andre is so amazing. That was fucking magic. Mm -hmm. That was pure magic. And you can be cynical and think all these different things behind it. But I know him. I know this story. I was there. That was a beautiful, magical moment. And that's what brought me to that community. And it like literally called out across the astral plane to call people in to do work because we were touched by that, right? And that is the ethos that you see in some parts of DeFi that we're trying to build out. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a very powerful statement, right? Um, the fact that you're building something, there's an economic value to that, and then you just give that away. Um, it yeah. shows the power of that economy, but also it show, shows the interest in uh, sharing or, 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 or relinquishing control, if you will, right? And saying, if you want to see this succeed, here is an incentive for you to continue working and developing that, right? For at whatever level that you can come in, participate, contribute, et cetera. And, you know, you've been rewarded. This this is it. And you can see it succeed and yeah. that value will continue to grow based on your participation, on your contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's wonderful. And I love to hear the fact that it was this kind of mentality, right? It, 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 I'm going to use the word tribal, even though that that sometimes is is used in to 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 talk about things that become separate based on tribes. But, you know, I think tribes have a wonderful um, definition or, or, or connotation, which is people within an organization helping each other uh, grow, uh, succeed, right? Because they all want to see each other do well. And so mm -hmm. this idea that, you know, within this community, within this tribe, you have individuals that are kind of 
gifting each one another uh, the, you know, whether it be tokens or some sort of uh, other, you know, token of appreciation for people's contribution, right? Where you said there's this more open-ended uh, versus closed transaction, this more uh, kind of a stronger bond because there's a, well, in the future, I may be able to pay it forward, you know, when you help me do something as you help me. And I'm more willing to do that because there's already been this bridge built between the two of us. So there's these relations. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, and I don't want to touch on this yet because this is something that I, I, I feel is uh, good to kind of close on. And, and really that's the, the, the map, the network, the social graph that's being built. But there's almost a visualization of those bridges, right? In the coordinate map where you see these relationships between people and you see this relationship get stronger over time. I think that that's, it, it's interesting that yeah. this idea was kind of formed or, or ideated early on and through the development down to what coordinate is today, there is, you know, there, there is this uh, persistence of this concept. And I think that's one of the reasons why coordinate has become an incredibly valuable tool for DAOs. Absolutely. M most of us have worked on close-knit teams before, right? Mm -hmm. On creative teams or working with people that you really trust for a, a common goal, even a sports team, a, you know, a military unit, a, uh, a design team. You know, when you're in these groups, these trusted groups, it's not about the money right? Mm -hmm. You are doing things because you're doing it with people you care about, mm -hmm. you know, and you are, and you are working towards a common goal. And, you know, we talk a lot in blockchain about adversarial environments, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason, one of the, you know, inc the incredible thing about Ethereum, other blockchains is that they allow for trustless uh, exchange of goods, right? But, you know, human beings and human networks operate at different levels. Right. You have you have base desires, you have an animal within you, you also have a peacemaker, you have a lover, you have all these different archetypes, all these different levels of mind, all these different levels of thought. And you know, to try and apply, you know, adversarial mechanisms to a trusted group, like doesn't make any sense. Like you don't want to implement Baroque slashing rules in your family, right? Like you don't need that because you trust each other. And so you really need different mechanisms. And that's where Coordinate lives, like on the canopy of the dark forest, you know, because there is that physics of blockchain, which constructs reality from intersubjective space into such a strong firmament that new types of life can grow. And these new types of life have different rules and they're going to keep developing to levels and levels beyond. But trust, like there is no human existence without trust. Their trustlessness is, is not totally real. There's always trust at some level in any system. And really human beings, Zach has some amazing quotes. One is that we move at the speed of trust and that's really the fastest you can go. And, uh, you know, so Coordinate is designed to support, you know, trusted membership groups at some level. I mean, there are also pieces built in in case of bad actors. I'm not trying to be idealistic, but in general, that's the, um, the level of collective intelligence we're supporting. Yeah. Well, I think we're starting to touch on, you know, the configurability of coordinate through mm -hmm. the give token. So maybe we can talk a little bit about give, you know, what is it and how can it be configured to serve the needs of DAOs? Yeah. So the give token, it's not an ERC-20 token. It's its not in the blockchain. It's more like a poker chip. You could implement it on chain, but you don't really need to. Um, and I'll explain why. So if you're a uh, if your protocol wants to give 
let's say 10,000 bucks a month to your community, to the contributors. You know, as talked about before, you could have one person making those decisions. You could have a committee, you could do on-chain votes. Coordinate has a different model. Um, everybody that's, you know, when we launch it, I'm gonna describe the, the version that we're gonna launch soon. Um, so everybody that's in the network gets an NFT badge. And this can start, you know, with just one person summoning a new gift circle. So the coordinate product is called the gift circle. Or it can be, you know, you already have a community and you can just give all the trusted members a badge to start. And now you can decide how that network grows. It can be centralized, one person or a council or a voting process, whatever consensus mechanism you want can decide to add people. Or you can use our system, which is a decentralized vouching system. So for instance, at Yearn, two people need to agree, two badge members need to agree to mint a new badge. And you can make that be 10 people or five people or whatever, but that allows for the membership to grow in a non, in a uh, decentralized way, right? Now, once you're in that circle, um, every epoch, which at Yearn is monthly, uh, we have monthly cycles and at the last week of the month is the epoch where we do the gift circle. Every member of that network um, gets 100 give tokens. These are the poker chips. And mm -hmm. they're not, they're not, they don't have the specific value. They're not traded, you know, except for in this one specific way. So the, the, the request is that each person in that community give these give tokens to other people uh, that they have directly seen providing value. So you're not supposed to be a compensation manager trying to decide what everybody should get. Instead, it's like those ceremonial bracelets. It's like, you know, Bentec, that was a sweet post a tweet storm you did the other day, like here's 10 give or um, Dark Ghosty, like you're doing an amazing job um, with the with the forums, like here's 10 give or Big Bad Boom or whoever, like just give you some of these tokens, uh, just give them some of these, um, these give chips. And if everybody does that in that way, it turns out that the resulting allocation is a really good distribution for that money. So you take that, you know, at Yearn we do 60,000 bucks a month, so we take that 60,000 and then we just divide it by all the give tokens that were allocated. If you don't give your give tokens, they get burned. Um, and then the money gets distributed along lines of that allocation. Oh, that's that's definitely a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, so let, let me start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the, the give token, but you also introduced uh, the, well, you introduced two things. You introduced the give circle and you introduced the NFT badge. Correct. So currently, is there an NFT badge or is that something that is being developed as a future application for decentralizing, uh, I guess, the gift giving or give giving, excuse me? Yeah. So right now, you know, we're still in the alpha development period and which is all just okay. database driven and it's not permissionless. You have to ask to, to launch a gift circle and we have limited ability to do that. And we've chosen to do that because we really want to learn a lot about this before we deploy the uh, permissionless on-chain version. There's like a lot of experimentation to do, but we're pretty close to having a final version of the product. And then we'll, we'll launch that and that'll be an open source and permissionless product. And right now, the way you get added to a network is with an administrator, you know, adding your name um, into the, into the website. But when we launch the platform, it'll be through this NFT badging system. Got it. Okay. So currently, 
to deploy a give circle or just to get started, say I'm a brand new DAO, mm -hmm. um, you know, bankless DAO, and I, I don't have coordinate yet. I reach out to an administrator and they set me up. And with that, we can, uh, you know, we can kind of start configuring the way that we want to use it. Right. And then there is that, you know, epoch where you vote for those within your uh, community that you've either interacted with or that you've seen adding value to the community. And at the end of the epoch, whatever was allocated to that epoch gets distributed proportionally to the give that was voted on to individuals of that community. Did, did I follow? Yeah, I just voting makes it sound a little confusing. It's more gift, give it, sure, gifted, but yeah, sure, giving, yeah. Gi yeah. gifting the yeah. give token, right? Yeah. Okay, so in in lieu of voting, you're actually gifting give, right? Uh, and you know, and and yes, I, I was part of the last epoch, so I'm a little familiar with that in terms of you can give one, you can give a hundred percent of yeah. whatever you you have based on where you see value being added to the organization, right? Right. But in the future, you're saying there's going to be a bit more decentralized uh, application where individuals can seek out a badge and then uh, then can select other members to have badges within that organization to then allocate this gift. Is, is, am I following or am I completely off now? Uh, close. It, it basically, it's, it's exactly the way it works now, except the way that the membership is defined is not with a database entry, but with an NFT badge. Got it. And, okay. that, and that badge because gives you some, like you're saying it's off chain. Currently, it's off chain. Yeah, but in the future, it will be on chain, and it will be driven through these NFTs. Exactly. Got it. As as a representation of, um, I guess, your identity, if you will, like membership. Yeah, and that gets to one of the really interesting futures of coordinate is a kind of decentralized identity management. Yeah. Oh, well, see, that's my domain. So I am going to tap on that. Sweet. Uh, maybe not just yet, because I, I primarily work in the decentralized identity space, working with DIDs and reputation scores and integration. And in fact, um, my team is also communicating with some members of your team to see if there's a potential integration with that. So that to me is very exciting because awesome. I think that awesome. as we continue to explore this conversation, um, we're driving into how individuals work for a DAO and how individuals can gain a reputation within a DAO and how that could potentially be transported outside of individual DAOs and create this, you know, huge ecosystem where your reputation is uh, transcendent, right? Your reputation is kind of like your resume, if you will, on chain and says, look, I'm a bankless DAO member. This has been my contribution over X amount of days, months, this has been how the, the type of relationships that have created over time. And I think as a new DAO, I would want to see or I would want to invite and encourage those type of people to be a part of my DAO because I see that what their value is up front, right? Yes, absolutely. Cool. So uh, maybe we can and we, we kind of started talking a little bit about, you know, how give works in terms of uh, rewarding individuals. And we started talking a little bit about how the circle works um, in terms of governance uh, in DAOs mm -hmm. uh, and decision making in DAOs. How does give then uh, allow for better decision making, if you will, in a DAO? Yeah, that's a good question. So it, it does only in the specific use case of sharing money. So we're not suggesting 
that the gift circle as it's deployed now be used for, let's say, voting on proposals. So, of, of course, and there's a richer ecosystem uh, out there as as far as DAO tooling and yeah. Snapshot, which I think is also one that, you know, uh, Bankless DAO utilizes, which, you know, could, it's, it still serves a purpose. And yeah. so, yeah, that's a good way to continue using it. it. It gets to a really good point, which is that, look, DAOs are really new. And a lot of the time people equate DAO with on-chain coin voting, right? But that they're not, uh, they're not, you know, homomorphic concepts. Um a DAO is actually a quite diverse space of different types of decisions and different types of organizations. And coin voting is one consensus mechanism. And there's many, there's tons, right? So coordinate is a different type of consensus mechanism. And a consensus mechanism is really like a little mind. It's something that makes a decision uh, according to a certain set of rules. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a good perspective also uh, in terms of how uh, governance and how uh, consensus works, right? Yes. And to look at it as there's tooling to facilitate consensus in a variety of applications, um, which creates a much more diverse, um, you know, I guess, ecosystem, if you will. And uh, there's operating systems out there, not that we're going to dive too deep into that, but obviously like Moloch and, and, and Colony, which I, I've heard you all have a good relationship. So I'd be interested to see how in the future, yeah. all of these kind of, th you know, mechanisms start gelling into place and creating kind of like a out of the box solution, if you will. It's like, hey, you can choose to take this out of the box solution or plug and play as you as you wish, you know, as you start creating your or developing your DAO. Yeah, man. I mean, these I love I love Colony. I love Moloch. I think these are great products. And, you know, really, they're each suited for different types of specific decision making. And they're like, if you want to form a small group of people to invest funds together into a common endeavor, like you can't beat Moloch. You know, if you want to build if you want to build a, you know, a protocol team with a bunch of an open team of various contributors and you want to, you know, you don't want to be limited by the um, shortfalls of uh, coin voting. Colony is like by far the best concept and, and their um, lazy consensus method of, of decision making is, is amazing. Nobody has anything like that. Maybe we could also talk a little bit about you know, the uh, type of collaboration that's happening in DAOs and the difference between competition and collaboration in, you know, or I guess co-opetition, if you will, uh, and how that's enabling uh, individuals to, you know, have, uh, I guess, a different way of working with one another uh, and even amongst other DAOs where that's not maybe not the traditional way of doing business today. So very unfamiliar to us. Was there a specific question? You just wanted to riff on that. Uh, I don't know if there's a specific question. I just, I, yeah, I'd like to kind of fill that space because I think that there's something to be said in terms of how DAOs are enabling collaboration and how Coordinate is facilitating the, I guess, the reward mechanisms for individuals collaborating uh, with each other, right? Yeah, so, you know, we there's an interesting thought experiment. Like, imagine if... Um, one third of Apple's employees also worked at Microsoft. You know, can you imagine what mm. what that would be like? And you know, the the nature of the firm, as we understand it now, built on top of the legacy governance and legal structures, you know, of meat space, doesn't really allow that. You know, it's the the legal constraints, the social constraints, the physical constraints. You know, people haven't figured out how to do that. But in DeFi, a lot of those limitations are gone, and you see a lot of overlap in the way that people work. You know, like I remember when I first joined Yearn, one of our big 
Telegram groups, you know, it's got leaders from tons of different protocols in there, you know, all collaborating together um, without any competition. I mean, it's really cooperative. And at Yearn, you know, we have like the best security team around. And when other protocols get uh, hacked, you know, even if there are competitors, you know, we go and help in those war rooms because I don't know, that's just, that's just the community, the kind of place that we're in, you know, and it's amazing. It's new. And it's, you know, we didn't, Yearn didn't start it, start that. I mean, it's kind of arisen from the nature of this environment we're in. So it poses questions for compensation. You know, we're dealing with this right now at Yearn, trying to understand how to do this. Um, but like, what is it? Or can you work at two different projects at the same time? Like, a lot of people do. Like, what are the rules for that? That there is a way. Well, I, I can't talk about it yet, but the next version of Coordinate is going to really, uh, we think, solve a lot of these problems and allow for, you know, people to like this totally new form of work, right? Like, just thinking about the, the gift circle, you know, for a second. Like, if if ninety percent of the protocols in DeFi have this community gift circle with different streams of of monthly money going into it, you know, it's pretty easy to just roll into De start you know, making some friends get badged into a couple networks and with at very low risk because badging somebody into a network is extremely small risk for that protocol. Um, you can start just doing stuff. And if you create value, you're going to get paid and nobody has to decide to hire you. Nobody has to negotiate your salary. There's no non-compete. There's no commitment. You're just making stuff and getting paid through a decentralized process. And you can be in a few of these networks at the same time. Most most of us will be, and the money will just kind of flow. So if I if I'm an attorney and I create a really interesting um, template for DAO governance, you know that's going to be useful for a dozen different protocols. And why not get paid by all of them for that? Um, it doesn't have to be property of one. Yeah, I mean that's tricky, right? Because I think the traditional mindset when working for an organization is. Well, you, you work for us. The, the work that you produce is intellectual property, right? And then even after you decide to leave, there may be a non-compete like, oh, you can't go over there because then right. you're taking these ideas, you're competing against us. And the idea of not looking at it that way, looking at it more collaboratively, growing, looking at it more as growing an ecosystem, that is so foreign that it's almost difficult yeah. to grasp how that could work. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it's, it's pretty sad, really. I mean, this world has been a world of scarcity where people have engaged in zero-sum games of win-lose dynamics where they, we believe, I believe that, you know, that my desires must come at somebody else's expense and that, and that, and that I need to protect myself and that I need to fight. And if you've grown up in environments like this, it's very hard to get out of that mindset. But that is not reality. You know, that's a part of reality. You can choose that reality, but there's others too. And it's this type of thinking that has led the planet to be on the brink of catastrophe, you know, with constant resource extraction, um, constant uh, exploitation of any avenues possible. It's like if you've heard of the uh, paperclip uh, thought experiment for the future of artificial general intelligence, that eventually there'll be a uh, a machine mind that will become better than human minds or artificial superintelligence. And let's say its goal is to make paperclips. It'll just turn the whole fucking world into paperclips. Well, this machine has been around for a long time already. It's turning the entire world into money. And at the end of the day, there's going to be nothing but money. And mm -hmm. if we don't change the, the, the way that we think, 
right? And so these ways of thinking, you know, collaboratively um, in abundance, you know, it's not, it's not woo-woo, it's not speculative. Like you can go and find organizations that work this way now with great success. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what I believe we're building in DeFi. It's not about, it's not about making a shitload of money in reasonable size houses, creating a completely new foundation for human collaboration that will be able to scale past these like extremely wicked challenges we have right now, dooming the planet. So I, I think now we may be able to, a good time to explore these, these social graphs or the map and in terms of relationship building within a DAO and, you know, the contribution and the rewarding amongst individuals, um, you know, through Coordinate. Walk me through, you know, the idea of this network or this map, excuse me, and how that came about, because the visualization of it is impactful. Like I have it open right now, at least the one that we have here at Bankless DAO. And for me, the most powerful thing here isn't the number of people that are in here, but the mesh, right? Yeah. That spider webbing of interactions in this map. So walk me through maybe where you were coming from, where this map was ideated and why it looks the way it looks right now. Yeah, so it's it, it, when we first built the first prototype of Coordinate, um, and we ran the first Epic at Yearn, uh, it was a really exciting moment, and we didn't have any a lot of the tooling that we have now. And one of the guys in the Yearn team, Nimrix, he built a little uh, I don't know the name of this type of graph, but it was a little it was a circular diagram that showed all of the the give transactions from that round and it was just really cool to see oh like you know he got gave to this person gave this, it was this beautiful network graph i tweeted it at the time so you can find it in my twitter history and um and that was just really inspiring and then um one of the guys on the coordinate team alex warren kind of took that and ran with it and he built out this you know interactive uh graph tool in on the website on, on our site and what it can do is it lets you, you can select, you see every every member of the gift circle is a circle, circular avatar, and you can click on any one of them and you can see an animation, all of the give that they've given out and all the give that they received over that epic. And um, it's just really beautiful. Uh, I mean, Alex did an amazing job on it. And it's also just super useful. And, you know, we, from the beginning of this, we realized, we knew that the, you know, the data analysis piece would be super interesting. But, you know, it wasn't until Nimrix and Alex kind of built these tools that it really made it visceral. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, if if gift circles are, you know, used broadly across DeFi, this type of dashboard is really crazy. We talk about it as being like a decentralized LinkedIn um, where each member owns their own data, right? And, and is sovereign with that data. And you can, you know, bring your portfolio, your profile to, to coordinate, and you can do a bunch of um, epochs of the gift circle, and you can get a bunch of essentially um, through that work, and then other people can see that, and in you know, on your profile, if you choose to make it open, or, or uh, we still haven't figured out how a lot of that is going to work, um, and it becomes an incredible resume. And you can see all the connections. You'll be able to see all the connections between all these different teams and over time. Um, and I mean, that's really just the, the beginning. It's kind of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I mean, I think 
seeing, being able to visualize, like you say, the, the, the data, right? The information, the history of these relationships to me, that is a wonderful tool because again, it goes to show that this is really, this is really about the relationships that you're building, the collaboration that you're doing amongst one another and the value that you're bringing to these organizations, right? I think that's a, that's incredibly valuable, but Everything that you just explained right now is exactly what, in my mind, I saw this circle being able to evolve to, right? Is beyond just the individual relationships, it's just this historical record of your participation and being able to kind of own that information and being able to leverage that information to create, you know, a representation of yourself across DAOs, whether it be, you know, your government, you know, your, your participation in governance through voting, um, through, you know, gift giving, um, through, through the actual collaborative effort on initiatives, whether it's programmatic, like you're, you're, you're building something, you're in development, community building, marketing, whatever, all of, all of this really kind of starts creating this, your, a, a very rich profile of your digital self. Right. Mm. And, I think just adds value to the work that you're doing and creates a much longer lasting impact where you can hopefully continue to add value across the entire ecosystem, not just within a single DAO. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of echoes back to a point we were talking about before. You're saying like, IP protections and like working for one person mm -hmm. or another. And it's like, what, what are we actually doing here? Right? Like, are we trying to build some of us certainly are, you know, that's fine. Trying to build one like Goliath company to rule them all. Like, that's not why I'm here. Like, I, I that doesn't really matter to me. I think that's the old model. Like, yeah, I want to make a shitload of money and yeah, I want to make really cool stuff, but you know, that can, doesn't have to go to one place, you know, and urine is the coolest organization I've ever seen, but if it dies, that's okay. You know, because the, but the spirit, the people that are making it that work, those products will live on in different places. And I think we need to introduce apoptosis to corporate life. You know, this is cellular death. Um, traditional corporations have no mechanism of dying. They either turn into cancers, you know, or they, uh, I don't, I don't know how they, they fizzle out, but they don't have any mechanism like shut down at any point. We can have that. Like, it's not about creating one giant thing. It's about a whole ecosystem of all these different things. That's all. I hope you're able to take away valuable information from this discussion. If you'd like to learn more about Coordinate, please go to coordinate.com or on Twitter at Coordinate. And as usual, all the links are in the episode's description. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. If you enjoyed this discussion, please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcast. And stay tuned for our next discussion.